Welcome to the Works of Wonder podcast. Today is part one of Dr. Long's discussion on how screen time affects behaviors in your child. If you like what you hear today, please uh, subscribe, click the like button, or the notification bell so that you can receive uh, notices whenever we publish a podcast. Also, please put in the comment section any specific questions that you have uh, or any issues that you'd like for us to address in a future podcast. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us. A while back, we uh, asked for questions uh, to anything specific that you may have. Uh, to comment below and ask questions, and, and we still welcome that uh, every time. Uh, but we realized uh, through some of this that that through the behavior we see in the clinic and um, just through the, the discussions we have, we realized that a, a lot of parents are not aware uh, or either do not want to accept the negative facts uh, or the negative effects that come through extended screen time that with your children. So today we're going to talk about, that's what we're going to talk about today. And so if you've ever gone into a restaurant and you see uh, like a family of five, and, uh, and I've seen this before in a restaurant, a family of five, all five family members were on their phones or iPads uh, so the, so the kids had an iPad watching a movie, uh, and then when the food comes, they don't want to stop and eat, uh, not because they're not hungry or not because they don't like the food, but because they don't want to stop their screen time. And we as adults, you know, we spend a lot of time on our screens, but our brains are mature enough to say, Hey, we got to step, step away from this and do this, that, or the other. But I'm not sure that children have that ability, and and Dr. Long is today is going to work all the way through that and just just show you that um, the missed uh, the missed um, earmarks for for actually growing and maturing are being uh, destroyed by excessive screen time. So please keep sending us uh, questions and and uh, you know scenarios that you want to know about, and we will continue uh, to do podcasts like this periodically uh, to address those specific things. So Beth, what about screen time? Okay, so when we were t thinking about this topic, we thought about this very famous experiment called the marshmallow experiment, which I'm sure a lot of you have heard of, but it's basically a <laughs> It's basically, um, in 1972, these Sanford um, researchers took these preschool children in a room and individually, and they would say, you can have one marshmallow now, or you can wait and have two marshmallows. And so some children ate the marshmallow immediately, and some children waited. And the way they waited was by distracting themselves, playing with the toys in the room. Some even covered up the marshmallow to avoid it. Um, but they followed those children, and they were later able to find out that the children who had delayed the gratification of the first marshmallow 
um, were actually more successful in life. They had attained more. They had um, lower body mass indexes. They were so they were physically healthier. They were academically healthier. Um, so it's an extremely important skills that are built when in very, 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 very young children. And when we use electronics, we are bypassing all of those skills that children are supposed to be building. And Aristotle said, um, if you give me a man until he's, if you give me a boy until he's seven, I'll give you a man. And it, I, I, what we what we know scientifically, um, environmentally, socially, all of those things is that what happens even in utero, up until a child is seven, is unbelievably important. And what what we are doing now is basically damaging a lot of children by inhibiting their brain development. So, just to be clear, though, in the in the marshmallow experiment, um, the the people, who, the kids who held out for the second marshmallow, they learned. The soothing techniques, self-soothing techniques, and the and the ability to be um, uh, content just by that little experiment and, and and just holding out for the second mushroom. The ones who did not uh, are the ones that just took what they had and then they wanted something else and they wanted something else. So that's actually an excellent parallel to the screen issue, right? Right. Right, because we, um, the children that were able to delay the gratification, they were actually building the, they were creating that building block of what we call um, psychological resilience, which is the ability to, to do the hard work or to wait for what you actually want. Hmm. And so when we don't kind of force young children to build that delayed gratification skill, we are inhibiting what they can do later on in life. So it's so it's so important um, because resilience is, we know, one of the most important things um, in healthy adult, adulthood. It's fascinating. So, um, so let's talk about all of the skills really quickly that children are missing. I, I personally, um, the American P Association of Pediatrics says that no children under the age of two should ever have access to a screen. Um, and then from two to five, it should only be an hour a day. I personally believe no child under seven should have access to a handheld device at all whatsoever. Yeah, which is really a sticking point to your clients at work, right? Because it really is. And, and, you know, none of this is judgmental. I mean, you parent like your parent, but it's just so easy to hand a screen and go and do something for 30 minutes, an hour or whatever, or go to dinner with another family and instead of having to deal with a child that's bored you just hand them a movie and, and they watch it while you talk to your friends it's just so easy it's so easy but they are choosing convenience over what is best for their child um socially psychologically academically in every area they're they are choosing convenience over what is best yeah and that's hard to watch because i've never been in a restaurant and I've seen a kid with an iPad, and they've been doing, like, uh, math on there. <laughs> it's <laughs> no. always some cartoon or, or something, you know. And, and again, you know, none of the, please don't take this as judgment. It's just now we know how detrimental screen time is, and that's what we're trying to convey. Right. 
So um, I'm going to talk about just really quickly all of the the basic skills that that you're missing out that a child is missing out on if they're under seven and they're on a screen. Um, we know through research that children need movement, touch, human connection, and exposure to nature to to develop self-regulation skills and coordination skills. And all four of those things that children need are counterintuitive to being on a device. Mm -hmm. So um, parents are replacing, and and I do think parents kind of make themselves feel a little bit better by forcing children to watch more like academic shows. But the research... Um, supports that children do not learn as much from the screens. They learn much more from experiences and people talking with them and interacting with them. So, so um, there's a there's a Miss Rachel who does like a little speech video, and um, a lot of parents will have her watch. But I, I think the best thing you can do as a parent is watch it with your child, do it interactively, or even better to watch the video, learn from Miss Rachel, who's a speech therapist, and then replicate that with your child over and over and over. That's the best way to do it. So just to be clear, though, watching a screen time, watching screens with your child, is that um, is that okay? Or I think you would still have to have some kind of stimulation in there or something, right? Yes, yes. For the child. So, so kind of address that because it sounds like, hey, if I watch screen time, with my child, it's okay. Right. But if that's not necessarily true. Right? No. If you're watching handheld screen time, it's it's pretty hard to interact with other people when you're watching that. So so I still stand by seven and under, absolutely no handheld screens. Um, if you're watching something on television with your child, um, which, once again, you really shouldn't be doing unless they're over two, but if you're interacting with them while watching it, so, so if they're watching um, an educational show or a... Um, a funny movie or whatever, um, that that is okay as long as you do it very minimally, mm-hmm. very very minimally. Um, but it, but if you're doing it as part of like human connection and bonding and enjoyment, it changes it a little bit. So if it's one of those with a lot of shapes and music and all that, and you're singing with them and answering mm-hmm. like what the shape is with them and all that, that's okay at just minimal, very minimal. But yes. that's that's better. That's a thousand times better than just, hey, you watch it. I'm going to yes. sweep the floor. Yes. Um, okay. So children have got to learn to be bored. And um, children today don't really have a chance to be bored. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how to be bored. And being bored is an unbelievably important skill. And um, boredom is the birthplace of creativity. And so if children aren't kind of forced to be bored. They're not being forced to be creative or imagine. And those are very important um, building blocks for skills like uh, reading comprehension and uh, other academic skills that come later. But but we have to kind of force them to be bored and learn to entertain themselves now because it builds the skills they need later. Um, children aren't, aren't being forced to wait um, in the same way because – like, I, we had children um, right before smartphones came out, which yeah. I think our children are the last generation that didn't grow up yeah, probably. With, with a lot of handheld electronics. And so a lot of times people will come into the office and it'll be like a grandparent and a mother and a child and um, and I'll kind of say – absolutely no handheld electronics and the grandmother will say but how do we do it and i say how did you do it with your child because right generations of parents did it right and we can we can do it um it's it's just 
you have to do the work to do it. So so when I had to sit in a waiting room with our children, I had to actively engage with them and entertain them, whereas now parents are just handing over their cell phone and they're not playing with their child or interacting with their child. And so it's just, it's an option, but it's a... <laughs> It, you're you're allowing convenience to pull you away from what is best for your child. So even though it's an option, it doesn't need to be used. Um, little things like when we see children in restaurants, um, they're missing out on interacting with their family, listening to their family, learning to take com- turns in conversations, learning to follow up on what somebody has just said versus starting their own conversation or not engaging Um a lot of times we see kids on electronics in cars um, and in grocery stores. And those are two unbelievably important learning opportunities, like teaching your child to observe what is out there, looking at animals, looking at um, the colors of cars, like all kind of little stuff like that. They're missing it. Our, our rule, we, we had, uh, when we were raising kids, they the minivans were just coming out with uh, uh, the, v, the movie screens. And so we had a rule that uh, you could not, watch that in town only time you could watch a movie on that is is when we were going out of town uh, like on a road trip or something and uh it used to frustrate them at first because uh their kid their friends could do it mm-hmm. um, but we just we just wouldn't we're not going to let them but i tell you a side effect of that though or or an unexpected uh, uh bonus to that was they loved road trips Right, because they could watch all those movies. Right, right? They, yeah. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, so I thought that was that was something interesting that um, even then we didn't let them do that. But uh, you see it all the time now, just right. in town driving around, starting movies. Yes, yes. And it's just, if, especially if you have a teenager, the time you're locked in a car together is a really great time to have conversations. Yeah. And um and you know if if you're allowing your if you kind of set the precedence that they can be on electronics in their in the car then you're missing out on really important opportunities to to learn and engage and all of that stuff. Um we have a thing in our field called stimulus control and that basically means um if if I can um, teach a child to do something, and and then they can only do it for me. I have stimulus control. So um, if I'm teaching a child to ask for something, and they will only ask me, that stimulus control. Um, the, the what what I see is kind of the biggest problem is parents used to have stimulus control, and now the electronic device has stimulus control, and so that's that's a really dangerous to put. Um, Kind of your your ability to to set your child up for success into the hands of a device versus yourself is really risky. So in the, so, kind of put it in normal terms, um, you, you as a parent have stimulus control until you give it up to that screen because the screen is going to be much more um, controlling. Stimulus can much more of a stimulus 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 control for them than you are because because you're making them do stuff like clean their room and all that <laughs> but the but the iPad is not and so that's that's what you're saying right yes you, you turn over the stimulus control yes. to the iPad and they're so susceptible to it yes that it doesn't take long <clears throat> it does not take long at all just I mean so do they start like 
when you say sentence control, like if you do, the parent says you'll do this for me. You can have the iPad for thirty minutes. Well, it's not really the parent that has the stimulus control. It's right. the iPad. It's the reward. If, if you said, "Hey, uh, if you do this for me, you know, I'll give you five dollars." I don't know if that's at a young kid, at young children. I don't know if that's important to them. Right, right. Well, and you're you're kind of setting a precedence. I mean, we're all about positive reinforcement, but it, but it's just like setting that precedent of. Um, I just have to do it because I was asked to do it. You're you're completely taking away all of the build blo- building blocks that lead to that of just doing it because mm-hmm. you were asked to do it. And so now we do have to use a lot more um, reinforcements for some children because they're they're so used to just kind of doing what makes them happy versus doing what they have to do. And so, so sometimes we, we do have to take a child and, and be unbelievably um, rewarding and reinforcing um, and, until we can kind of fade away the reinforcement. But they're, they're, their brains are honestly have just become wired for um, what makes them happy. And so that is very dangerous in the big picture of life. Yeah, because I know you've seen this too. You've seen this right here. Um, a, a, a parent is... Hey, I'm gonna need you to go do this, do X, whatever it is, do this, and they're like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to. You know, I told you to do it. You need to go do it. I want to do it. Okay, if you do it, I'll give you 30 minutes on your iPad, and they'll go immediately and do it. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Whereas I, um, our generation, all the generations prior, they just did it because their parents said to go do it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I never realized I had a choice right. when I was growing up. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Um, Okay, so here's kind of the hormones that are impacted by the brain. The the first one is um, by by lots of media use. Um, The first one is melatonin, which is which inhibits sleep. And so, if we um, if you have a child who's struggling to sleep, remove handheld electronics because um, and and remove even media use, but because they are. it's decreasing their natural melatonin, so which is inhibiting sleep. And sometimes parents can do that and they still have sleep problems, but I would say most of the time, parents who follow through on that, it improves their children's sleep tremendously. So that's one. The second is um, oxytocin, which is just the, the hormone that stabilizes us as humans. And that only comes from human connection and physical touch. So actually human interaction and then touching another human. And um, when children are engaged with handheld devices, they're missing out on that. And so they're not building up this oxytocin, which stabilizes them. And um, so it's unbelievably detrimental. Uh, The third is serotonin. And serotonin is a mood stabilizer. It's a natural mood stabilizer. So most like anti-anxiety, most mood stabilizing medicines – work in the brain by changing the reuptake of serotonin. And um, when we are not using serotonin, or when we are using a lot of screen time and children are not um, having serotonin, they're not stop building that serotonin, what happens is their brains produce cortisol. And so children who are spending a lot of time on screens, they are um, having this excess production of cortisol, which is a stress hormone. So, so they're, we're actually putting them under stress through the stimulation, and we're limiting um, the hormone that stabilizes their moods. So it's really dangerous. Um, but the most detrimental thing that happens hormonally is um, 
there is a is a hormone called dopamine, and dopamine doesn't um, it it's it's we get this little hit of dopamine after we do something to get pleasure. So, for example, um, you can get a hit of dopamine after cooking a good meal and eating it. You can get a good, um, you can get a great hit of dopamine by doing yard work and then standing back and going, "Oh, that's a, a great job, well done." Um, but children can pick up a screen, and adults can pick up a screen and get a hit of dopamine. And so it's 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 changing. That's the one that's inhibiting the most because. It is changing how resilient children are because they don't have to struggle anymore. So, so we used to enjoy kind of doing the hard work to get the good reward, and now it's like, oh, no, all I have to do is pick up my phone. So um, it's, that is, is the hormone interaction that is the most damaging. Hmm. So thought you were going to say more about it. <laughs> <laughs> Brad used to, um, he has a little mantra for our kids, and it's um, hard work gets the good rewards. And do the hard work, get the good rewards. Yes, yes. And and, um, when, you know, in this society, we are quickly, like a society as a whole, we're quickly walking away from having to do any work. Yeah, that is true. I mean, you know, little things like DoorDash, or you don't even have to drive to go get your food anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, but, But we all were infants kind of having to do what we had to do to get the good reward. And now we have this generation coming up who doesn't at all. And so um, a lot of colleges are um, doing a lot of research on the fact that, that the students in college right now are not nearly as resilient and they're not nearly as able to to kind of push through and persevere in difficult situations. Um, okay, so... Um, the cognitive, there is a cognitive impact on the brain. Um, it, it actually changes the structure of the brain. Long-term screen use changes the structure of the brain. So it impacts the prefrontal cortex, which um, is kind of what we call like the execu- executive functioning center of the brain. It um, helps you control your impulses. It helps you pay attention. It helps you organize things. Um, so... <laughs> So it's a very important part of the brain. Um, it inhibits uh, long-term electronic use, inhibits cognitive and emotional emotional cognitive connectivity, which just basically means a child can't think through their emotions if they've spent a lot of time on screens. So, so um, let's say they're building a tower out of blocks and the blocks fall, they might have a come apart on the floor, and because the the emotional cognitive connectivity is not there for them to go, oh, I just have to do it again, or I just have to get help. Um, All they have is that emotional reaction. Um, This is the most scary um, research article that I found, and it's that children 6 to 24 months of age have a 49% increase in speech delays when compared to children prior to 2007, which is when the smartphone was invented. So a 49% increase in speech delays is pretty profound. That is crazy. Especially, you know, we see people refer to speech uh, therapists all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost, um, it's kind of standard in a lot of ways. Yes. You just, you just got to go see, but that is fascinating. Yes, yes. So, so when people say, oh, it's not doing that much damage. No, it really is. It, it really is. And please pay attention to it and 
choose better things for your child. Um, psychosocially, it's shutting down the what the brain uses to create empathy and sympathy. And so they're not able to just kind of sit with people when they're sad or because they don't have that ability because empathy is a skill that you learn and yeah. they're not learning it. They also, you know, empathy is, is using your experiences to connect with someone else that is, you know, trying to connect with you. Mm -hmm. And if you're stuck in a screen all the time, you don't have those different experiences. Right. You know? Because watching something on a screen is not as good experience-wise as actually going out and doing it. Like wa watching somebody hike for two miles is not as good as hiking two miles. No. In terms of how your brain is wired and all of that. So so you, it's going to be hard to learn empathy if you're stuck in front of a game console or looking at an iPad or something like that. Right. Because you have to have an experience to connect. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You have nothing to draw from. So that is um, the super important, just the unbelievably important message of do not allow children under seven to have extended screen time. And with older children, um, set healthy boundaries, be responsible, um, encourage them to learn to be responsible, but you're going to have to do it for them in the beginning. Please put your comments below. Please send us your questions. Click like, subscribe, or ring the bell. And thank you so much for being with us today. Always be kind and honest because it works wonders. <laughs>